Welcome to The Figure Podcast. Each episode, we figure out people, numbers, and images of the past, present, and future, presented by Georgia Parkin and Charlotte Lorimer. And today, we are joined by a very special guest, uh, Rhiannon Bailey, who is a professional dancer, fitness model, content creator, personal trainer, and founder of Daily Bailey, as well as an Under Armour athlete. And I discovered Rhiannon in lockdown of last year, and following her method really changed how I viewed fitness, which is why I really wanted her to come on. But we have a lot of interesting topics we're going to talk about and ways that you can join the Daily Bailey online method too. Great. So welcome, Rhiannon. <laughs> Ah, thank you. Tell me more. <laughs> okay, this is so lovely. So to kick off, Rhiannon, have you got any recommendations you would like to share? Any recommendations? Okay. Mm. The reunion of fabulous friends. Watch it. If you are a Friends fan, I mean, I am. We so, are, I'm yeah, the biggest I'm, Friends fan. I'm so excited to see it. Oh, I'm saving it Everyone up was very emotional. But it was really, really good. Um, other things, you know what? Because I, I like this week for me has been crazy, crazy manics. But I would say that um, another podcast, which is really good, that I love to listen to is um, have you heard of Power Hour by Adrian Herbert? She interviews those people. Yes. And it's always like something that you can always listen to. And then you can always relate to something, even if you're talking about someone super, super successful. You can always take something from it. So I'd recommend that. Anything else that I'm thinking about? What would you recommend? Well, How to Fail, that episode with Graham Norton was absolutely brilliant. And she, uh, he told a really emotional story of his near-death de- near experience that he had that I didn't expect. It's really interesting. I think more people nowadays are like becoming more open, taking that facade away from them and just being real. And I think the whole thing of someone being famous is like less of like a wow they're so out of reach you can't even like even associate yourself with them and we're getting to an age where it is becoming very relatable and it just feels like a person is a person at the end of the day if whether they have 10 Oscars or <laughs> not yeah, but um no I, I love it and that's part of why um Elizabeth Day starts her podcast apparently is that she used to do all these big glossy interviews but the really kind of heartfelt stuff and wholesome things would always get cut because there's word counts and everything and so mm. doing a podcast and having control of that means that she can really pull out exactly what she wants to pull out there is the human relatable things where like mm. well I mean what happened to Graham Norton that is not relatable because he was he was stabbed I didn't know this yeah I know yeah and it was really really serious but the way that he described it was this moment where he had there was a couple who were helping him and he just asked this woman to hold his hand and so it just made this image of him being there having his hand held mm. and then they're waiting for the ambulance and it's those little moments that she manages to just pull out of people where I don't know if he's ever spoken about that before certainly not recently I don't know um it is it is a yeah, funny one I think no. social media is making that really interesting this where's the line between the celebrity or the brand or mm. the kind of mm. image they want to put forward and then where's the real person but then I guess that depends on what kind of social media you have as well because some people just use Instagram as like a promotional tool yeah which you know and and just put things out there that's artistic yeah it's quite artistic in itself whereas others use Instagram to be relatable yeah no absolutely I think it's a good little balance Mm, definitely another thing that I enjoyed this week well kind of 
I started it two years ago and then actually rediscovered it, which is, um, have you guys heard of the morning show on Apple TV that Jennifer Aniston is in? Oh, no, I haven't. Yes, no. So it's produced by Jennifer Aniston and Reese Witherspoon. Oh, wow. Yes, it's really good. Oh, my God. And it, yeah, and it's it sort of picked... So it's, it started in 2019, and I don't know if you guys follow the story of um, a really famous American male TV presenter called Matt Lauer on... Good Morning America, mm-hmm. got fired overnight from allegations of sexual misconduct. And it was really shocking. America loved him. He was a very famous man. And this TV show looks at those issues and pulls that apart and actually looks at all the sort of behind the scenes mechanics of it and what that means hey, for wow. female presenters and what is crossing the line. When is the power being, you're being taken advantage of by someone in a more position of power than you? Got pretty hooked. Wow. Yeah, I can imagine. Like, I can imagine. Yeah. Series. Series. Yeah. That sounds great because also Reese Witherspoon, everything that she makes seems to just turn to gold. She's incredible. Yeah, yeah literally. Yeah. That's pretty yeah. interesting. I think I don't have Apple TV. This is an issue. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know you've heard of it. Oh, it's just on, if you have a Mac, it will just pop up as an icon. Everyone has oh. it if you've got any kind of Apple. Oh, that Apple uh, type TV. Okay. Yeah. I sound like my mum, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> what is that? Yeah, no, not like, not, not like a, like a physical thing. Just like, it's another streaming channel. Right, right, right. Yeah. I get you. Yeah. That's really interesting. I'll just talk about one book that I recently finished, which I think is quite a good summer read. Um, and it's called The Pisces. And it's really, really well written. It's very sharp. And every I always read with a pencil because I'm a writer myself. And so whenever there's kind of good pieces of writing, I want to mark it so that I can go back and kind of see how they did certain things. And there is pencil all over this book. Um, <laughs> I love that. It's, it's written in a really realistic way in lots of places. And it's kind of about like addiction and sex and relationships and someone who's finding themselves in a place that they didn't think they would at. 34 35 but then there's this merman who comes in that's not really a spoiler because it's on the cover and it's just really weird because the whole book is written in such a realistic way that you're like maybe this happened it's quite like gritty and grimy and then there's sort of glamour of LA mm-hmm. and then this merman comes along and you're like wow didn't see that coming <laughs> oh my god it's good it's really really good and yeah more episodes of how to fail emma reed terrell she's a psychotherapist and she's written a book called please yourself and it's all about people pleasing and the different types of people pleasing Mm -hmm. that people seem to fall into and then what you can do to recognize the habits in yourself and then try and change them that's a funny one that's really interesting the first figure that we're going to talk about is you rhiannon bailey my first question for you, Rannon, is one that I'm really excited to hear because I want Charlotte to hear. <laughs> and that is, how do you start every morning? Oh, here we go. How do I start every morning? <laughs> My investment over lockdown has been a luby light and I honestly love it. I don't know if you guys have had one or know what it is. But yes, it's the perfect little sunset sunriser. Um, but I love to get up early, catch the early morning sunrise. I love it when everyone else is asleep and you feel like you're getting an extra hour before everyone else is awake. So you can just prioritize yourself without any other stresses in the world, any text messages, any of that kind of stuff. 
get up every morning and without fail, I always do a workout. I always get my body moving, whether that be majority is a hit or a run. I love to get sweaty. I mean, I know there's people out there who love to do a yoga. But for me, I would just fall back asleep, I think. <laughs> but anyways, I love to just get up, get sweaty. And then obviously after my sweaty workout, have a big bowl of porridge. And this porridge has a, has a name now, which is amazing because I created this over lockdown, which is Delta, of course. We can get onto that later. But um, I just think if I didn't do that every morning, I would be a completely different person. I would mm. think differently. I'd be less positive. I would. It just affects my whole day. And there's some days where I'm thinking whilst I'm in bed, oh, I could have a lie-in. Shall I have a lie-in today? And if ever I do, I always regret it. I always regret it just because I just feel like it affects my whole mood, my energy levels, my productivity and everything. So I always know, yes, when I'm up in the morning, I don't like run downstairs and go straight into a gym like happy as ever. It does take a bit of like motivation and right, let's just get it up. Like it's, it's only like 10 minutes of kind of hard work and then you get into the swing of it and then you feel amazing for the rest of the day. So what is an hour when you've got the rest of the day ahead of you? But I've, I've only got to this position because I've done it so many times in a row and you have to get through the little bit of, oh, can't be bothered before you get, reap the rewards. And mm. yeah, and that, that's what how my morning starts every morning. And I, I honestly would recommend, if, if you're listening to this, anyone out here who's listening to this and said, oh, I'm not a morning person, I can't do this. Just try it and try it in the sense of like, right, I'm doing this. I'm getting my workout clothes laid out the night before. I have my session prepared and just do it and be disciplined with yourself because it's not going to come easy. Nothing comes easy. Do it consecutively for a good two weeks, a month. See how much better you feel. And when you get that feeling afterwards, you can't really replace it. And you're thinking, oh, I am now this morning person. Blah, blah, blah. But I think, I think that you can change it. I know some people obviously like to work out in the evenings, all that malarkey and fit around your schedule. But mornings for me has to be a good or sweaty workout. What do you guys, do you do that as well? Or you're a morning person, evening? Um, I'm, de- yeah, I'm, definitely, I'm definitely a morning person for sure. I hadn't before lockdown. Again, working in central London or in an office, mm. it's really hard work. I did not get into a consistent workout routine at all. And so I would go through phases of doing it and then stopping. And then when I'd stop, I'd completely stop. Or like expensive classes or kind of things like that. And I definitely have always been fit. So I guess I wasn't starting at all from bottom up in lockdown. But that was the first time where I think lockdown was interesting because it meant it was like, oh, this is a complete shock to the system. It's a complete disruption to our routine. Can't go anywhere. Couldn't go into work. For the first time, I was like, what? I can work from (laughs) home? I can sleep until 7.30 or 8? Like, wow, okay. Yeah. for me, I changed location completely because I went to live with my, where my boyfriend was a doctor. And so it was like, okay, this is a totally different way of living. And I got into that partially. I, I don't know. I actually cannot remember at what point I found your live workout specifically mm. because back then I think that was, you know, it was exploding, the, the mm. online live, Insta- especially think, on Instagram. Yeah. And oh, um, yeah. but that's when I got into it. Mm. when for you did you start doing those lives that I would have found last year I can't remember the the actual date of it but I think it was something that Mm. I saw other people doing and in a way I was not I was kind of like 
felt that I was expected to in a weird way um, because everyone else was offering these things for free and I was thinking oh can I be bothered can I can I be bothered to do all this and I'm so pleased I just did it because I am I don't I can't really explain this very well but like working out on your own and doing a live workout even though they're both on your own is such a different feeling like you actually feel in a weird way this kind of community which is building even though you can't see them I completely agree about that sense of community because I didn't really do home workouts at all until like lockdown last year and it was um the Joe Wicks wave that I got on (laughs) and um (laughs) I only did it on Fridays when it was fancy dress Friday because it just it really made me laugh like I found it genuinely hilarious watching yeah Joe Wicks in a whoopee cushion costume doing (laughs) press-ups it's brilliant and then I was I was so concentrating on the the actual costume and just realizing that there's tens of thousands of people all over the world who are doing it all at the same time. It is crazy. I didn't want to miss it. And then I just found that I was doing it every week. And then I've got back into it. I did continuous every morning workouts when I was in quarantine because I obviously wasn't allowed to leave the house. I couldn't go for my walks, which I would normally do. And I said, I'm like, well, I don't want to just do nothing. I need to move my body because that's going to help me get through quarantine and help my mind. And I absolutely loved it. And I felt so different after that 10 consecutive mm-hmm. days of doing a workout. So I would also urge people to try it, um, mm, doing it. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think it's also like, I'm in my 20s, you guys are in your 20s. And I, I do live quite strongly to the fact your 20s are your selfish years. And I think that's a great thing to admit to. And just, I know the word selfish can come across quite harsh, but it's your time where you're developing your career. But I think even within that selfish part of you, there has to be something that you're giving other people because that is also something so priceless and something that really boosts you as a person. So like anything, and for me, that was what it was. Live workouts for me, I got messages from people saying these amazing stories of how they were going through a really, really dark space. They found my platform or whoever's platform and they are person they've got this amazing routine now that and so they're very grateful for this lockdown to be able to stop to unwind to basically peel off all those layers that Mm. was hidden because of society you know what it's like you just do things because you're expected to without actually thinking about what do I need as a person so I, I think that that's what motivates me to continue to do it every morning and it was like it was hard work like 8am every morning having to be somewhere and having to have the plan all corrected and all that kind of stuff but I loved it as as soon as I started my mum was behind me doing stuff she can't do half of the things but it made other mums do it because they're like well if she's doing it then I can do it kind of thing or (laughs) whatever it was um and they weren't easy. My workouts aren't easy. I'm kind of known to be quite harsh in my workouts, but people love the challenge because I know a lot of people who follow me are dancers or have mm-hmm. that kind of fitness level. Obviously, yeah. there's still a range. So you, I always obviously give like regressions or whatever, but mm-hmm. I want to be as inclusive as possible. But I also think mm-hmm. that people also want to be challenged. They want to see what they actually can achieve because you limit yourself as a person so much because you always think about it too much rather than doing it. And if you mm-hmm. just do it, and someone's there telling you, then it's a bit more like, oh, wow, I'm actually a lot better than I thought I was. And then that's another little boost of positivity. Another thing that you can tick off the list saying, I've achieved this today. You know, all these little things do add up. It's such a weird one, though, because home workouts, no no one ever would say, oh, do you want to do a workout at my home? No. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's such no. a, such a it wasn't weird way of thinking about it. Totally. Mm-hmm. And actually, Absolutely. 
one of the reasons that yours were one of my favorites is because they were hard enough and I don't again don't mean to say that as if um, <laughs> look George at me so good um, <laughs> but you know I I had a baseline fitness I've, I've been I sporty at school I'd been to the gym whatever dance when I was younger etc so yes I agree yours your workouts actually pushed me and then I remember <laughs> doing one ridiculous challenge which was a burpee it's 400 burpees. of course it's burpees 400 <laughs> why i remember you messaging me actually <laughs> that was quite all in one go no you, no, you do, do over I mean, okay. I, I yeah. could hardly breathe and I was instructing it. Like, why have I done this to myself? I was like, I don't go, 280. Oh <laughs> yeah. And I was yeah. like, no, it's quite funny. <laughs> no, it's good. It's, honestly, though, but that is an example. Truly, the amount of pressure I got from that was saying, I would never, ever in a million years say I'd be able to do 400 burpees. Even the people who said I didn't get through all of it, I got 200 burpees, but even 200 <laughs> is incredible. So I was just like, oh, well, it's there for you to continue as many times as you want. <laughs> Yeah. But it is a good example. So definitely. Um, and also, I know you mentioned that you had a lot of dancers that follow you. And I wondered, because you are a professional dancer yourself, what, how, how much does dance play into your life now? And then also kind of taking us back to when you were a lot younger and training, what was that like for you? And, and when did you want to be, know you wanted to become a dancer? Wow, okay. So... <laughs> I've always well I've always done dancing as everyone not say everyone that's very um generalized I mean like the, the very common thing for a little girl to do is put on that suit to go for a dance class at the age of three whatever it is and that was me um and then I think I think it's one of my my dance schools were like very competitive as you got older you did a lot of competitions like lots of regional Eng- English national competitions you kind of just flow into that then it gets to a stage where you get to a, a position in your life where you're getting old you're thinking okay I'm putting all my efforts into this is this actually something like a career path I want to do and I couldn't think of anything else that I wanted to do other than dancing that was literally what I wanted to do but my parents are very like no you need to do they were obviously very supportive but they said to me you have to do your A level still just in case you never know la, la, la. so I did all that and I was even I was working I'm, I'm quite a hard working person you know we have that trait even if you don't like something I just seem to spend so long on it I do hate myself for it sometimes but it keeps my options open for that way but then I think mm-hmm. it was when I got to I think probably the, the age of like 11 12 is when I probably thought okay this could actually be something amazing and then I went to um professional dance college from the age of 18 um then I had to retake a year because I have an injury which I think you guys already know about anyway, my back mm. operations. Because I had I had one already during dancing when I was around 16 years old. And Gosh. then I had the same operation, but on the different side. <laughs> what was the injury? So, yeah, it's L, L4, L5. I had a pars fracture. So your lumbar vertebrae. Um, so one side went and then the other side went. Um, and it's literally just from repetitive strain. And as you're growing and getting older, obviously your body's, 
growing and I'm not very technical with my terms as you can tell um <laughs> but doing a lot of back bends over and over again I basically just it sounds quite dramatic when you say I broke my back but essentially I, I did I guess um but I guess the first time round I kind of like I I did this on my Instagram not so long ago like saying the expectation of someone who has an injury because dancing is very physically demanding and I can't stress yes. that enough like the amount of toenails I've had to rip off the amount of blisters of like mm. don't know if you've heard a new skin before any mm. dancers out there who knows a new skin is the most painful thing it's basically a raw blister and plastering on this chemical to form basically a skin it's disgusting and if you push through that pain and you show yourself that you've got all these wounds on you you're the one who's like applauded and gone wow you're so strong you're amazing so in it like invites other people to do have that kind of mindset so I definitely developed that at a young age and I always push myself to the max I always I put so much pressure on myself to be the best to push the extra bit harder and it's great to have that determination but there has to be a line like no one's no one's there when you're younger as much I feel um to tell you when to stop because you are like you are just doing as you're told you you're not going to be there the teacher and say no I'm not doing this you just fall into it don't you and I think when you get into even when I was older like when I was 18 um 19 kind of age when I had my second one I was doing the same thing because I was a new, I was in a new place. I, I just started this professional dance college. There was obviously a lot of pressure to be seen, be known. There's a lot of you there. So um, you kind of do the same sort of thing. And I fell into it and I did it again. And I was so, I was, was so frustrated with myself because I was thinking, oh, so I've wasted a whole year. I've literally just back to square one. And then that's when it really like changed my mindset and thinking, why am I doing this to myself? When you weigh up the pros and cons, what have I actually benefited from actually pushing myself to the max? I've literally gone back 10 steps, a whole year, in fact. Was it worth it? No, it really wasn't. Did it matter that I did that lift not as good as someone else? No, because you just have to know your limitations. I think that's when you really, I guess that's when I actually built my mental strength more than, well, as well as my physical strength is happening hand in hand. But I took rehab a lot more seriously. I told myself whenever I was actually in class, if I was like doing this too much, I would step out. And mm -hmm. I kind of took away the fact of, I don't care what that teacher thinks of me. I don't care if she's going to say, oh, she's, mm -hmm. she's been the weak one or, or whatever it is. Like what I don't, you should care about yourself and your health <laughs> more than what other people think. And that is something that you can obviously put in general life. Can't you mm -hmm. just don't care what other people think of you. So that for me was when I started my, I guess, getting to more of the fitness element because it's more just talking about your physique, not the aesthetics that all dancing is about. Just talking about how am I going to get from A to B in a, the safest manner and learning more about my body and just knowing how much I can push myself. But it was really, I, I, I wouldn't change it in a weird, weird way. Obviously, I wouldn't have said it then. It has it sounds so cliche it's where I am this is taking me where I am now but it is true life experiences always do don't they they have to be there to teach you a lesson like that's why it's a cliche it's because so many millions of people have had that they've had a hardship and yeah. they've managed to get through it and it's changed them and it's made them who they are and they wouldn't actually go back and change it and it's really important but I think it's totally. it's great that you talk about the that journey and that it hasn't always been I was a professional dancer and I did this and this and this and sort of highlight all the glitzy stuff because it that's mm. not the whole realness of it. Mm, totally. And no, no, absolutely not. And when you're young, having health stuff when you're young is a really 
because I did myself too when I was 17 and I had to, you know, come out of school and I was in hospital and stuff. At the time, it feels like the biggest, oh, I don't, I'm not, I can't speak for you, but the biggest failure of like, I'm not with my peers. I don't know how I'm going to do my exams. Is this going to affect my career? And it's funny now you look back, like, oh my God, when you're 17, it's fine. <laughs> like, no one is yeah. going to stop you from getting into a career when you're 17. But that resilience and that acceptance and understanding mm. really kicks in to other adults that I meet now who didn't have that and then might have experienced that later on and it can really mm-hmm. through you. Yeah, I am quite like shocked with how many people do go through this without even saying anything and like, I guess just talking about it more is the way of making this a change. But I think it's just something that really does need to be talked about so much more. I mean, especially as you are growing, as you are growing as a human, your body mm-hmm. is already vulnerable. And I just, yeah, I know it happens in not just dancing. I know it's just a sporting thing in general, but it is one of those difficult ones because you want to be the best. You want to get that PB and get that gold medal um but I, I I've got my scars on my back I'm proud of them they're there like little bit of marks of like what I've achieved contradictory way <laughs> I'm proud of it in a way yeah, sure. so my, my dance teacher we both did dancing um I did it from about two or three until I was yeah. 17 I did ballet yeah. and my dance teacher was always incredible she had had some terrible injuries over the years especially with her hamstring and so she was always incredibly conscious of telling us where like to know our own limits and to warm up properly and not to go into something too quickly and to like even the position of our feet even from when we were tiny 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 like nursery she would say it's got to be 10 to 2 on a clock never quarter to three when you've got your in your intern out and then she'd explain to us, it's like, it's because we need to protect ourselves, like we don't want to injure ourselves. And so I feel like I had that really drummed into me from such a young age. But I'm so grateful because then when I did things like gymnastics as well, I was really conscious of not pushing too far because mm-hmm. I knew what could happen if you didn't. Just if you actually, exactly as you said, if you just kept on doing what the teacher was telling you to all the time and mm-hmm. you're not listening to your own body, then that's when yeah. injuries happen. Yoga is really good for that. Yes. That mindset of yoga, isn't it? Of, of There's no... Unlike with fitness and when, you know, I'm pushing myself through the burpee, burpees and the mountain climbers and I'm just like, oh, whereas in yoga, it's like, you could literally just be in downward dog, all yes. fashion, and that is fine. <laughs> it is what it's starts so you. And, and I thought that's a great counteract to yes. the to fitness and dance because, and yeah, then it helps so you with that mentality going into lots of areas of life, of, of not pushing yeah. yourself too much but yeah I I mean it is contradicting everything I said at the beginning but it is so true like I was just saying like oh you you have to push yourself you don't know what your potential is Mm. um and now obviously we're saying about that kind of thing and it is so true they go hand in hand which is why it's so difficult because there's such a fine line such a fine line of knowing when you're going over when you're not and that's anything any emotions that you have whether it be stress anxiety whatever it is this is a difficult one totally but I think it's it's that thing of 90% of the time I know that I could do a workout every other day uh, or every day depending on you know how what I'm doing and that would be really good for me but it's that line of obviously when I've got flu or when I've got you know when I'm my body's really under stress for some other reason to then not push it further because then more injuries can can occur and I used to do that and I would push myself through exercise Mm -hmm. and get a terrible flu and it was just horrendous and then it's also you know length of session don't do something that you know you can't handle 
um, even if it's 20 minutes, it's worth it. Mm-hmm. And movement is so important. Absolutely. So I think, it, and I so agree, and it helps me to have that mentality, like you said, of every morning you just do it and you just start. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the only way that but it's really sustainable you, for me. If you get to, to the honest. point where you're in your work clothes and you're like, that's actually, I can't do another one of those. I'm going to sit in child's pose. Brilliant. Yeah. Do it. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, it's true that's what they say isn't it um I wanted to know where at what point did you realize that you could turn that into a business all the live workouts yeah Yeah. so I think it got to a stage when I was like I wanted to put more time more effort more money into something that was actually more not just the workouts and it was kind of more of a community that was offering one-to-one support whenever they needed it nutrition advice all that kind of stuff and I was like I feel like I saw other people do it. And I think I was just thinking, I don't know. I, I don't always say like, oh, I saw other people do it. I did it. But obviously it does influence you to a, to a degree because it makes you think outside the box a little bit more. Um, but then I'm so pleased I did because I, you're able to build a community based on like-minded people. I think it's a really nice, comforting, supportive place for those who have little experience to people who are really, really super, super experienced. And I want to make that, a big thing in the sense of like it's not exclusive to those who can just who are amazing already the whole point you join is to just be with people like you and I can't wait to stage where I can actually do maybe some stuff in the parks with people who live in that local area I don't know I've all these ideas I'd like to do but yeah it just made me expand it more and I've now got my little band which is great they're selling away everyone's (laughs) everyone's such a good idea so when you put that out I was like yeah that makes sense because but always using the bands, like yeah. in workouts, <laughs> really good. Like resistive bands, yes, right? Yes, um, and the nice yes. colours. Yeah, yeah. Really nice colours um, as well. No, I'm pleased I have. I think it's quite fun as well. I've, I've unleashed a new part of me that I guess, because like, I don't know what I'm doing. Do you know what I mean? I just know what I want to be done. But mm-hmm. getting there, I created my own website. I did as well as I could, put it that way. Um, mm-hmm. But it obviously wasn't like to a wizard we- website designer's kind of standard. So I did actually manage to get it all like properly done. So it was a bit user friendly. Mm-hmm. But I think for me to just do it myself, because mm-hmm. I knew there was this momentum of people who really wanted it. I was yeah. like, right, well, if I can't get someone else to do it, I'm going to do it myself. I don't mm-hmm. know. don't care if it's not going to be perfect. And mm. I think that also, just saying that out loud, I hope this also tells people that you don't have to have a finished product before you can actually like release yeah. it into the world because so people don't really care. They just want to know that they're like, they're getting what they wanted. Like, I was doing live workouts on my mobile, which is not edited, not with loads of pretty graphics, not with a website and people still love it. So I made it mm. as good as I could in the space and the mm-hmm. short time that I had. I think lots of people put the pressure on themselves. They have to be a finished, polished product before then anything can happen but it's the learning process that you've got to like cherish the most because things change as you adapt as well you can't have everything planned out with tea because never goes that way (laughs) I also think that the the sooner you can get feedback from people and you've got something to show them the better because then you Mm. can actually adapt and and make your business stronger based on what your customers actually want and too many people will go in they think they know what customers want but actually they don't and then they spend all this time Mm. they delay the launch again Mm. and again and then it gets out and then it's like oh we need to do this we need to change this or Totally. And, and how did you know how to price it like things like that so yeah. even thinking about the nitty-gritty of that and I wanted to ask you about the pop you know your oats as well I was saying to Charles like how do you do that I guess you just look at 
other platforms that are yeah. similar market research and market just, research yeah 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 and that kind of thing seeing what other people have in their kind of memberships and that kind of thing is the same with oats it's kind of like a lot of trial and error like you don't really know like you're just kind of just going by what other people are doing and that's the only way of knowing do you know what I mean otherwise you could be there and selling yourself very thinly yeah. or you're overpricing yourself massively to the point where it's like no one's gonna get involved um but that's an important point and you want to make sure that you're not just a um a business in the sense of like money is your driving force obviously that's part of it you have to live like money is part of it absolutely but if you don't have the enjoyment and that kind of passion behind you that doesn't offer you it won't offer you longevity the people who I know might have a very big following and then they release a t-shirt and the t-shirt sells and it sells very well but the t-shirt then sells out by the year and they're not really bothered about it because it's just a t-shirt at the end of the day it's probably not very good quality and it's just got Mm. their name on it or it's known associated by them or whatever whereas um, I'm not someone who has a massive following at all but or everything that I do I always want to make sure that it is credible I would hate to sell something that was I knew deep down I was like oh I'm just you know putting that under the carpet kind of thing and mm. um, that's the thing that we're doing with the oats for instance and it's such a different world different how do you even find a supplier how yeah. do you like even create a recipe all these things that you have an idea and you think it's amazing you're really passionate and you actually think okay so <laughs> what are we now <laughs> and it's just literally contact contacts ring people pestering people asking for advice and mm-hmm. um, and messaging people on instagram who already have an oat company yeah they might probably say no i'm not going to tell you my um suppliers yeah. because it's my business you're my competitor absolutely fine yeah. but why not ask you never know yeah. you might get someone back and we have so i think that's also something else like don't assume um what other people think because at the end of the day you're never there's no wrong in you asking. You're a little passionate little startup. So I'm sure they'd Definitely. respect it anyway. Definitely. Um, but and the, the uniqueness about these oats already have the protein in them. And I love it. Yeah, it's, it's magical. It's, it's magical. I mean, Which is such yeah, a good idea yeah, I mean, because so many people eat that every single day and you just made it all in one I was like that's such a good but also it is a completely different industry and you'll need to know a lot of very different things you've never even thought about before but also it does very much link you know like the people watching your videos will likely be wanting to have their protein and eat healthy and so they go hand in hand so it's a really like a really great overlap Mm. of of customers it's amazing because obviously you you meet these people that you never thought you're going to meet and these amazing mentors that we're like working alongside and I think it's quite important as well when you're a startup you often want to seek advice and pay someone all this money to give you what they think and at the end of the day it's your product remember it's your authentic self that is going to actually make the business explode so we, we want to do it well and as much as possible but I think basically you realize that all these people who are whether they have a really successful business already and they're earning very 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 well they even say I still don't know what I'm doing I still Mm -hmm. don't know what the right way is because there is no right way you have to go where the process is leading you which Mm -hmm. is why we're now going a different direction slightly I can't say too much yet but hopefully sometimes Mm -hmm. soon we're going to add a new product and yes it still aligns with what we already have at the moment we're not changing into something completely different but I think you just have to respond to what like we said earlier about what your community wants and what the world wants because you can't resist that because they're your people you're going to buy into you essentially so um yeah no it is I'm learning so much I, I literally I, I can think that I would be here in what how it's only been like four five months maybe um so it's yeah it's, it's amazing I think 
hopefully this motivates other people if you have this little burning passion in your side but you don't know how to get there no one knows how to get there <laughs> just take each step as it comes and just ask people advice ask people people don't like asking things these days I feel like that's seen as a weakness as well mm-hmm. ask them no one knows like vulnerability is actually not a bad trait to have like it's sometimes ex- that they're the people who are exciting and they're the people who have the passion so mm-hmm. yeah I hope that kind of pushes someone to do something that they they wish or hoped they could do yes because I feel I feel like I feel like it's it's true because all of what you said is again things that people find hard to do people find it hard to admit that they don't know what they're doing they find it hard to ask for help whether that's your own business or whether that's at work oh, and do you still dance now do you do you is that how much does dance factor into your life now yeah, so I think um, I don't dance obviously near as enough as what I was doing before. Um, but I, yeah, I do the odd job here and there. Like it's a funny one because obviously asked me when I was younger, but like, yeah, I'll be, I'll be this dancer on the stage. I'll be touring the world. Um, <laughs> and then I'm thinking now, like I actually absolutely love what I'm doing now. And um, I'm, I'm kind of in a position now that I feel like if I was offered a job that was involved like a tour for instance would I take it because that would mean I'd have to stop everything I'm doing I wouldn't be able to to do both um, and I think I would have to turn it down and I, I feel even bad like I haven't voiced this very much this is just a, a recent feeling actually because it's always been mm-hmm. something that I've it's such a difficult competitive industry anyway you've got to really really love it to get into it it's just very brutal and it plays with your mental health like no other <laughs> so you've got to love it if you're gonna want to get through that but yeah I, I absolutely love what I'm doing and I, I feel proud that I can say that even though it's something to do with nothing I would even have pictured before when I was training if something comes yeah. along and it feels right I will go with it but I think not resisting life and not having too much of a plan I think is what will get the best out of you and leave you not waiting for things to happen because if you're waiting for some job to just pop along and say this is me it's not going to happen you've got to keep yourself going somehow um with other things that you're passionate about and if you don't feel like you are passionate about anything else other than that one thing you you start it off with just even doing things that you like your hobbies like what you enjoy doing and then that you never know that can expand mm-hmm. something and that's what I think a lot of people especially in my industry have discovered over this time so obviously dancing has completely stopped and I know those people who have decided to continue this other route that they never imagined and they're loving mm-hmm. it and they absolutely and they don't they're not ashamed to say they love it because dancing has taught me a lot of life skills that I will take with me throughout the rest of my life just even if it is the resilience and that kind of determination to exceed something at the best of your ability and you can't teach that that is something that you learn um so I wouldn't say dancing has been a waste of my time to to even though I'm not doing it right now like I still do a little prance here and there <laughs> obviously I could be eating my words next week and I might get this amazing opportunity who knows but I think you just have to go with the flow you know go with the flow mm-hmm. and then you can't be disappointed and you won't get regrets mm-hmm. and yeah I think that, I think that's I, the best way forward from my kind of industry I totally agree I totally agree I think I think young people need to be taught that more because your dream can change and then you can figure out what you want to be doing. And your dream mm-hmm. at 17 might have been to become a professional dancer. And by the time you're in your mid-20s, your dream has changed. And then by the time that you're a little bit older, maybe the same dream, but maybe that also changes. And like you, you said, all yeah, those yeah, skills yeah. are going to be applicable throughout.
The second figure today is that 90% of marketers see influencers as an effective way of marketing. Do you feel like an influencer? Oh God, I hate that term so much. I know, I know. (laughs) And why do you hate it? I guess it's just got that kind of trait. I think it's just a very like, oh my God, you're an influencer. You're someone who just sells those products in line and get money for it and then have amazing life. <laughs> I think influencers out there, there are so many amazing people who, who do have a passion, who do promote products. And that's not a bad thing. That's not a bad thing to promote products. Like they genuinely believe in. That's a thing that puts a little place between the people who just sell things because of money, which is everyone needs, I know. But I think it's just important to get to a stage where you just promote things and you you are genuine about. And that's how you bring authentic followers. That's how you bring people into a community that buy into you. No, I think... It can be limiting, I imagine. Like Yeah, I think it's just kind of like something that you don't work for. You just get it because of the followers and you don't really... It's it's a hard life, I'm not going to lie. Like, Sorry, this sounds really bad. Everyone has their own their own jobs and their own things and they might think that just posting a photo on a on your grid um Mm -hmm. is easy easy as it goes but I think um, it's taken me I mean I I said influencer world I mean in the sense of like I've pushed my Instagram again since I was probably in my second year of uni so that's like how many years that's so many years I didn't get anything from it do you know what I mean until now really that I feel like I'm actually being able to build a business out of it so it does take a lot of years of graft unless you've been on a beautiful reality tv show <laughs> um that's always a helpful little booster um, yeah. I think and then that'll come with its own problems as well because then there's sort of exactly and you can easily turn into like a one-hit wonder and then yeah. and then yeah. again another question I had was do you feel like a pressure every day to be mm. an online personality or like or post Gosh, things yeah. online? Yeah, I um I always I don't really ever switch off ever. My mind's always thinking, right, and it sounds so bad, like what what am I gonna post tomorrow? What what should I do this? And now I've got three accounts. Yeah. My my personal Belter and Daily Bailey. So everything runs in my head all the time even when I went away like not so long ago and to like a staycation I was always thinking then Mm. and you have to be I I mean I do look at other people who actually schedule in time off they take time offline I I need to probably take take a little um little bit of advice from them Mm. but it is that pressure like I guess just because also it's very I know it sounds it sounds so shallow but like when you don't get a lot of engagement for a post that you're getting um that you really like passionate about you're getting paid for this product and you're you want to be impressed by the brand and you don't get a lot of engagement for that you're like oh no what have I done wrong and you you think about oh gosh am I I'm losing followers oh what's the point should I just give up these little things do come into your head all the time but you just have to think that's just the bubble you live in and you just have to step out every now and again and then go back into it. But it's just, yeah, there is a pressure for everyone. I think pressure is in whatever job you have there, isn't it really? It's something that people mm-hmm. expect from you, you know? It's mm-hmm. a different type of pressure when you're on mm-hmm. that online world. And it's your business as mm-hmm. well. That's a, another thing that people forget is that um, I also hate the term influencer because I also think that that's for other people to descri- like to, to decide, not for the person themselves. Yeah, like mm. I have the power to influence people. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you can yeah, be exactly. your friend. You can be an influ- I could be an influencer yeah. in Charlotte. <laughs> yes, there you go. But it but it is a business. You know, they're being paid. They've got to mm. go to your guidelines, and you've got to think about that, and you've got to write your copy and 
there's a lot of different elements that go into it I think think also a lot of influencers out there do put a lot of effort for free content like not everything has to be paid but I think just showing your support for them will make them be able to give more free content for you so you do win from it in in that sense if you look at it that way because I know that the whole algorithms is some other world of I don't really know about it too much but I don't want to get too sucked up into it as well at the same time Mm -hmm. like Instagram could die tomorrow I want to get to a position where I don't care if that happens and I've built myself up into a foundation where I'm like okay it doesn't matter and I I, that's what I my actual aim (laughs) is to get to a position where you don't need it and it's just there when you you show I don't know a bit of highlights of what you're doing whatever but not need to do it every have that pressure to do a story every morning and go this is my workout I hope everyone's feeling amazing. Have a great day, <laughs> kind of thing. Um, but no, I think that in itself, I think it, it like shouts success in my yeah. head. I know it's like everyone's different. Um, when I don't need it as much. And mm. I think it's also exactly. it's a tool. And people, people, I think that sometimes if you let your identity become social media and there's mm. less of a, a boundary between the two and you stop seeing it as something mm. that can achieve a specific end then yeah you can start getting really, I think like, become very problematic a lot of people who have friends just in the Instagram world are the, po- the people who probably find it even hard to get away like I make a very conscious effort that I have my friends who aren't in that world that is so important to me I wouldn't I would find it very difficult if all I saw my friends was online and with this perfect mm. life or perfect polished picture which is just not real <laughs> you know I want to go out and see and when you don't talk about what's happening online and yeah you know I mean when you're spending time with those friends do you make a point of not being on your phone and not like recording everything or do you feel like you actually need to do that to a certain extent to keep on having that content for people to look at um, no I mean I don't actually I just do it out of enjoyment if I feel like I want to yeah. post something then I'll share it but I don't have no, I don't. I really don't. And I think I am getting to like healthy kind of balance to a certain extent, other than like what I'm going to post the next day. But like that kind of thing, if I am with my friends, I'm with my friends. And if I want to post something, post something like you guys would, you know? So yeah, I think it's the same kind of thing. And in the thing. morning, just going back to your morning routine, do you try and keep your phone like away from you and when you're like up early and doing your workout or is your mm, phone part of I your workout? um no I mean I know loads of people say this like I don't like to sit in bed and scroll um obviously I've done that a fair few times I think all of us have I don't really have that urge to do that because I know that I just want to get through my workouts I feel good <laughs> so yeah. that's kind of my motive which was also a very like positive way of, of thinking I guess but I don't really get affected by um social media as such as like yes I, I think everyone sees something every now and again or and it impacts their day and all that kind of stuff. It's a very, very valid, valid point. But I also feel like I think you have to be the person who is in control of your emotions to it in a certain extent. Like if someone is pushing you in the wrong way, you have the control to press unfollow or block whatever it involves for you to do. I know it's difficult, but I think it's it's, it's all well and good and saying, oh, but my feed is just full of all these people. I was like, yes, because that's the people you follow. So it's just going to give you more and more of that kind of style, whatever it is. And um, mm. so I think if you're in that position where you feel like it's not a positive place for you, it might actually be because of you, not them. I mean, they have their own life, but you are in control of yours. So why don't you just do what you can 
to put it into like a positive work yeah I don't know if that's really harsh to say but I think sometimes you just have to just no I think be it's really in control of yourself yeah, yeah most of my Instagram feed is now art <laughs> I just follow loads mm. of artists and writers and it's yeah. like Matt Haig being his brilliant self Charlie Maxey doing the most gorgeous drawing ever Elizabeth Day telling me that there's a new podcast and then friends and the occasional workout thing yeah Food. my friends are just full of just funny like dog videos like yeah. okay this would be my actual top tip of this whole podcast five okay. like follow five accounts that make you happy so if you have this dog obsession food obsession yeah. holiday obsession whatever it is just follow yeah. five accounts and I promise you like that in itself algorithms be like oh hello there we've got some new little folks here let's whack in some more <laughs> yes. you never totally. know I, it might totally. I follow all of those mean ones and that's how I found that real imagine Rihanna you've seen me have you seen mean girls Yes, of course. Yes. <laughs> of course. Like, who hasn't? And there was this hilarious <laughs> reel of a scene with, you know, the scene of Regina George coming back into school after the burn book comes out. And then the caption was just like, Dominic Cummings today. <laughs> and because he did that like entire expose in Parliament. So, yeah. I was like, that's made my day. I'm a happier person yeah. on Instagram yeah. and seeing that meme. Yeah. And not the news. Yeah, see? Better. Yeah, that would be my top tip. The third figure is the Vogue cover for June featuring singer Billie Eilish, who typically is known for wearing baggy clothes and keeping her body covered up and has made the decision to change that. Did you see it when it came out? What are your thoughts on, on the cover? And were you surprised at her new direction? Yes and no. Like, I feel like loads... Obviously, it's not something that I would, if I envisioned her, what it would be. Of course, it's not the answer what everyone said, but I think, congrats. I Literally, I love her. I think she's great. I honest, I personally think you do you, do what makes you happy. If that's where you want to go to, I think lots of people change all the time. They're trying... She's young. She's only 19. Like, she's still yeah. discovering who she is and what kind of artist she is. And I think let people trial and error. Like I said before, no one knows what they're doing. She probably doesn't know what she's doing, but she's just giving it a shot. And any reaction is great reaction for her. Any publicity, you know, good or bad, as much as the bad is probably hard to hear. Um, that's my personal view. I think that the more you restrict on yourself and if you pigeonhole yourself, you're, you're a create, she's a creative person. You can see that from her look, you can see that from her songs, everything. So let her have that moment because she, she doesn't have, if she can't do it now, when can she? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. That's my view. <laughs> I think I completely agree. And I think her role in the body positivity movement, I feel is something that's been assigned to her more than something that she has stood up for and been vocal about herself. Like she's done it almost to protect herself as a child because she was 13 when she became famous. And then I know so crazy. And then it became this huge like look and then suddenly she had to have like a brand and this is now her. And then we completely box her in, in a way that I don't think we do with men in, like, so if I was trying to think about this. Mm. What is Ed Sheeran's like look? No, yeah. he just has. But yeah, he, he just wear a lot of what, yeah. He could just do what he wants. Like, what is, yeah. Justin Bieber had the hair, but then he cut his hair and like Justin but, Bieber has changed many times. Yeah, many. Yes, times. he has. Mm. Yes, he has. 
But I can't really. He's now think got dreadlocks now, hasn't he? Got dreadlocks. <laughs> like, he has got dreadlocks. Yeah. <laughs> he's had a lot of criticism for that, as you can imagine. Yeah. Yes, he does. He has dreadlocks. You go, girl. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But you do you. Um, I, know, yeah. I know what you and mean. That, and that's what I feel with this cover because she made all the choices to, to, like, she styled it and was very involved in it. But this wasn't something where. She had a stylist who was like, right, we're going to do this and this and this and put you in a corset. She wanted to do that. And yeah, I think it's yeah. her taking ownership of actually, mm. my message isn't, you don't have to see my body. My message is, I can do what I want. Mm. And it's important for me to be able to do that. And I really support that. And I Absolutely. think that the media is, is just a monster <laughs> when it comes to... Oh gosh, isn't it? Her, her, I can't imagine... Yeah. Mm-hmm. living in someone's shoes like her like oh my goodness I talk about influencers being hard but Jesus has another level her Instagram post when she revealed her new hair we reached a million likes in six mm. minutes could you imagine that like literally the pressure you would feel with all those eyes looking at you and like having their own opinions and saying this that and the other just thinking it's just a picture and forgetting it's a person behind it. And, oh gosh, like, you hear all these awful stories, don't you? And it's been all over the news. We all have our opinions. Yeah. But have your opinions. Go for it. Like, it's a free country. All that kind of stuff. But talking, actually having the effort to write it down and knowing that you're specifically pinpointing something about someone without thinking about the effects and then just going on for the rest of the day thinking nothing happened... Mm. that is when it's like come on Mm. like just wake up you've got to understand that that your actions do have results and I feel like a lot of people get away with such like so much without having anything from it it's why I hate that phrase no sticks and stones can break my bones but words will never hurt me and I remember that was said Mm. to me at primary school all the time and I just think it's the most stupid phrase ever oh my gosh yeah you will know this from having your broken, you know, your broken back. Like that has made you who it is. But also you don't, I imagine it's not something that you would think about every single day in the same way that if somebody had criticised you online or if somebody had said mm. something really hurtful, those are the things that loop around in your head the whole time and really damage you in a different way. Yeah, the power of words is is huge. Yes, mm. and it, I also thought in the lens of body image and opinions and like criticism, how does that affect you when you're a, someone who is a fitness model mm. and you're a dancer as well? So your physicality is so much about who you are. Mm. So does that affect you? Mm. Like, yeah, I mean, of course, I think it's it's not just from fitness. Like I'm saying, like as a dancer, you're always in tight clothes. You're always wearing it. There's always mirrors around you. Like you can't really escape it. So yeah, absolutely. I, I you you always think about what you look like you always think how can I make myself smaller more attractive longer legs those Mm -hmm. things just come into your head without Mm -hmm. you thinking about it and it's just a subconscious Mm -hmm. kind of thought and that's something that's obviously by what you read by what you're told like you've just grown Mm -hmm. up with and assumed that's where everyone else is expected and I guess yeah exactly on this on the same thing about the fitness world you're expected if you're a fitness person to be in a the most amazing shape every day, every single day. You can't have a bloat. You can't like, you've got to be ripped abs, all that kind of stuff. And mm-hmm. there is always a little bit of a pressure. I can't deny it. But at the same time, I think it's also, when you're saying about how girls image is so focused on, I think a lot of guys struggle with this as well. And 
they are the people who hide it more. Um, it might be because of what, who I follow, but I feel like the whole image of fitness is loosening to where people are showing, like, I'm not going to be, I am a real person at the end of the day. I don't have, like, this aesthetic goal to be ripped. My aesthetic goal is to be happy. I follow a lot of people like that, and I think it's just so true, and I hope that I show that on my page. No, I don't want to be that person that comes around and says, like, right, do you want to get ripped abs? Do you want to get, like, really strong and muscly like it's more just the feeling of it is what the, yeah. is the driving force is what I kind of try and show as much as possible I think that's mm. way, way more important but for guys I find and this is very very generalized and very generic but like they have more of a expectation to be muscly to be big to be strong and yeah. that in itself I feel is less talked about on guys platforms as there is for girls oh, platforms yes. that might just be that's my opinion I'm sure there are guys out there who do but it's quite scary and that they obviously mental health with men we've heard about it before like mm-hmm. they're the people who actually are struggling more than, than females because we talk a lot we we do seek help more than they do it's a, it's an interesting one I, I I completely related to that and actually when you were saying about men feeling the need to be muscly in this aesthetic let me think of a, a boy who's very I'm very 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 close to love so much and I just thought I was like, oh, he's just always been muscly and he's just a sporty gym guy and he's pretty ripped and is always pretty ripped and just assumed that it was just because he likes sport. And I remember then he once said to me, no, the only reason I go to the gym is aesthetic. And I was like, what? That has shattered my entire view of what I thought you... Well, I guess team sport is slightly different. Like the kind of like playing a lot of rugby, playing a lot of football... is and then he kind of took that back a little bit he said actually to be fair my mental health has been so much better since I've been able to go to the gym after lockdown yeah that definitely plays into that but his Absolutely. initial gut reaction was oh it's aesthetic yeah. shocked me yeah I was like I've yeah. never had a guy properly mm. yes I do feel like that is changing and I think it is like you were saying about like filters and that kind of body Mm. image and how you should be perfect all the time like Mm. I fell into the trap of using filters all the time you know when they came in first and you saw people using them always try this one always try this one and then you see yourself more and more in this filter and you think oh gosh I can't show my normal face now because the filter looks better like I look so much more like my my face is so much clearer and then I actually made like a religious kind of thing like no Rihanna you're stopping this now I said it on screen as well I was like I just can't get in I don't want to fall into this trap of this filter mm. world which isn't true like if I have a spot I'll show the spot like everyone gets spots all the time I don't want to like devalue who you are as a person and how you look and of course yes I'm still guilty of using filters every now and again but I'm saying as like a normal thing but I think as people are growing up who are younger especially when they that, that's what they know I think that's very scary for your modeling are you photoshopped and what's that like or do you do they ask you not really no you don't really get a lot of asking about the editing and stuff I mean um I mean I think for fitness it is a little bit different I would never call myself like a model I mean at the end of the day I'm five foot five I haven't got these long gorgeous legs (laughs) to be a model um that's why fitness is great for me you can be any size but I think it is more raw than it is for like a cover like photo shoot whatever like that but I think yeah at the end of the day I'm sure they do I'm sure they will do a bit of editing here now I don't the only thing is you do these shoots for people you don't always see the finished product <laughs> like you just do your job and kind of go I like you were saying about loose women I was like yeah. wow that 
that, that was pretty amazing. Was amazing. I saw that on on ITV, and it was it's amazing and shocking, like at the same time. No, absolutely. So it was called the Body Campaign. I think the first one was in 2017, and it was about how each body tells a story. And then they did a follow up <laughs> one this year about Photoshop, and they had all the loose women have a photo of them in underwear, and then they got them to do Photoshop on their own body. And a lot of them chose not to have it at all because of the stark contrast. And they thought, actually, the more that I'm covering it up and the more I'm smoothing it out and all this stuff, I actually feel like quite proud of my body. And that scar is from my cesarean and I had breast cancer and like, I feel really good about seeing my like boobs as they are. Yeah. And I thought, wow, what, a, what an interesting conversation to have mm-hmm. on national television. It was pretty good. Yeah, and yeah. it takes like your sanity away as well. Like it makes you yes. not have the life in your face, like those smile wrinkles that you get and all those kind of things. I think that's so like, that's why people get attracted to things anyway. It's from personality, not like a fresh slate. Um, yeah. But no, I love that. It's, it did speak volumes massively. Yeah, yeah. And I think they, they found the right line because what I've noticed recently is that there have been a few big modeling designer brands where they've done things where I, it comes across too tokenistic like they've chosen somebody who is slightly larger than what they would have had two or three years ago or they mm-hmm. chose somebody who has like a skin condition that you wouldn't have seen 10 years ago or whatever it is but it hasn't got enough storytelling behind it so it doesn't feel mm-hmm. like it's, really, it's really true it just feels like they're trying to mm-hmm. read the room and, but they're not really doing it with their whole heart does that make sense yeah absolutely Okay, so Rhiannon, when where can everyone find you and how can they join Daily Bailey? So you can find me on um, Instagram at, at Rhiannon C. Bailey. And there's also my Daily Bailey one, which is at Daily Bailey World. And if you want to sign up, just click the link in my bio. And yeah, there it is. <laughs> or go to the website, which is www.dailybailey.co.uk. And Belter is spelt B-E-L-T-R. Yeah. Yes. yes, it's for, if anyone thinks, why is it spelled like that? It's because it's Tom and Rhiannon at the end. So we took out the E. Oh, that's so cute. <laughs> so oh. we always said, oh, it's a, it's a Belter of a bowl. We always, like Tom used to say that all the time. And yeah, so I was like, let's change the spelling and make it T-R. And it looks a little bit, you know, like a brand name rather than a word. Yeah. <laughs> And that must have been like, amazing to have created that together. Like, yeah. Yeah. No, it has been good. It has been good. I mean, we created it during lockdown when we weren't actually together initially, which was quite a struggle. <laughs> it's quite funny. That's the story in itself, though, isn't it? How yeah. you start your brand in lockdown. <laughs> With your real life partner. Yeah, and, and business partner. And business partner as well. <laughs> yeah. I know, yeah. could be a tr- could be a rookie error. We'll see about that. <laughs> or, or a very good one. I mean, Deliciously Ella, right? They run their brand. Yeah. And I always think... Shop. And, and, they, yeah, and also Comic Relief is run by... Emma um, Freud and Richard Emma Curtis. Freud and Richard Curtis. And I just think, yeah. I'm like, that is so cool that mm. you are, that is cool. you know, so aligned in both, in both senses. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you, girls. Honestly, I appreciate it. <laughs>